All right, everyone, welcome to episode three of the Straight and Narrow Golf Podcast. My name is Anthony, and today I am with Pure by NB, Nick Bedell. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be here and uh, looking forward to this. Awesome. Awesome, man. So your stuff around here is blowing up pretty big. Um, let's just tell everyone how you started this and um, what Pure means and um, how this all began. Yeah, it was uh, came out of nowhere, actually. The um, been fortunate enough to go to some pretty cool uh, golf courses around the country. Um, and I started posting pictures on Facebook uh, of, like, the prettiest hole on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And I just captioned it pure, not thinking of anything like starting a company or right, right. just captioning it pure. And a lot of likes and comments and... After a while, I probably did it 15, 20 times, and people started commenting, like, hey, you should start a company called Pure. And I was like, ah, never owned a company before. I didn't know what to do, and I already had a full-time job. So I was like, ah, I don't think so. And then just kept people kept, you know, saying, let's do this, let's do this. So I uh, was like, all right, we'll give it a try. So did a little trial run where I um, came up with a logo and made a 100 hats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sold them in a matter of days. So I was like, ah, you know, a lot of those are to friends and family. So I ordered 200 more and sold those in like a week. Nice. So I was like, oh, maybe we have something here. So, um, we're off and running and then, um, ordered 200 more and different styles, different colors. And people kept asking for, you know, um, a, a rounded brim or a, a dad a dad hat style um so did a few different models and then um went into like accessories so head covers and towels and um, little stuff where golfers always need um and then from there it's sort of uh, the word of mouth instagram facebook um uh, getting it into pro shops at different courses um so yeah, it's been it's been it's been a learning experience. It's been uh, it's been tough. I mean, I got a full time job and then I'm doing this on the side, yeah, yeah. so doing this at night and um, it's been fun. It's uh it's cool to see people wear it, right. um, seeing it around. It's funny when I just I, uh, I get pictures and and messages almost every day where someone will will see the hat and send me a picture of some random person wearing it right. at a bar or at a golf course or anywhere. Um, so that that's that's cool. I enjoy that and uh, that's uh fun to see but yeah hopefully um you know we're just starting we just started in april so um it's brand new and uh it's pretty popular in long beach but i'd like to get it popular you know southern california and then build it into all across the country and then maybe the world so so far so good um it's 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 along for the ride and see what happens so we're here right now at um, Hartwell in Long Beach, um, and I've got the Long Beach Pure hat on right now. The amount of people that come up to me and go, oh, man, that hat's sick. Like, oh, where'd you get it? Oh, where'd you get it? And then um, even people that don't play golf or whatever, even at my church, like people are like, oh, that's a really cool hat. Like, where'd you get that hat? Um, so it's been really cool just to, like, promote this brand as well, and it's really cool to see you just, like, take off. And uh, my favorite part about it is all the towels and the – um, club head covers and alignment stick covers, all that stuff that, like, it's kind of hard to find something decent um, for all that stuff that 
like people don't really like to buy that stuff either. I mean, yeah. it's kind of stuff where like, oh crud, I need another towel. Like, yeah. oh whatever, I'll just use this one that I have, you know, from the shower or whatever. Yeah. But um, all your stuff is really neat. Um, so do you have anything, um, anyone on tour, um, wearing your stuff or having any of your accessories? Yeah. So uh, thanks, uh, thanks for uh, for supporting us and wearing it. It's uh, it's uh, you always post cool pictures and I appreciate that. Um, yeah, we were at Hartwell where uh, I spent a lot of my time as a kid. Um, I grew up playing golf at Lakewood Country Club. I'd spend the whole day there, and then when it got dark, my mom would drive me here nice. just down the street, and she would sit in the car reading a book while I played and hit balls with my buddies till 10 o'clock every night. Um, so this place, this place has got its own its own type of pure. Yeah. Um, this place is cool. Uh, as far as tour players, right now I have... Uh, um, a buddy of mine, Luke List, who rocks the towel and, and um, the alignment stick cover. Um, and then hopefully, um, gonna, I'll have an announcement in a couple weeks. That we're going to sign a, uh, a pro golfer um, to uh, a bag and hat deal. So uh, right now, it's I mean, I'm small, so um, Luke's doing it as a favor. I'm uh, not getting paid, but um, because he's a friend of mine and he's, he's, he's uh, been cool about it. So... Um, the towel and the alignments to cover, and all the stuff you can uh, you can buy on our website, mm -hmm. um, purebynb.com, or you can uh, message us on Instagram, um, pure.bynb, and also on Facebook. So um, prices are reasonable. Yeah. It's a cool little uh, um, niche where guys like little trinket things, little cool things, head covers, and. Sure. Um, cool towels and you know they want something that other people don't have mm -hmm. um, that's sort of the, the market we're going after nice. so it's um, yeah it's it's great I mean I I, uh, I, lo I love when I, I pull up to uh, play around in golf and someone's got someone that I don't know mm -hmm. um, will have a head cover or a towel and um, so it's been it's been neat um, speaking of tour pros, you just played with Patrick Cantlay, um, was it yesterday? Um, yeah. What What's the biggest difference you see between like watching him hit balls and you're right there, you're playing with him be between him and say like your average amateur playing golf? Yeah, so there's a a big difference between uh, number seven in the world and number fifty in the world, mm -hmm. and there's a big difference between. Uh, a real big difference between number seven in the world and someone that's not ranked like myself. Um, the difference is their bad shots aren't as bad as ours. So their bad shots are still um, playable, not hitting balls out of bounds or balls in the water. Um, and then when they miss a green, it's always on the um, fat side of the green, so it's an easy chip up and down. Um, when they're playing at home, they rarely make a bogey because courses are easier. Um, sort of free will, and they have nothing to lose, um, and they can rail off seven, eight, nine birdies pretty easily. So um, the biggest difference, and you can't teach what Patrick has or the top ten players like. It's just they got ice in their veins, where uh, nothing really bothers them. Um, they want the spotlight. They want to be there at the end of the game. Um, they want the ball at the end of the game. They want to be there on Sunday. Um, that's that's what they've practiced their whole life for. So um, you can't teach that. You either have it or you don't. 
and uh, fortunately I'm, I'm buddies with a few of those guys, so it's been fun to watch, fun to root for, and uh, fun to get to know because, you know, rarely do you um, have a player that plays out of your club. We've got two that play out of Virginia, so um, it's pretty It's pretty fun, and it's, it's a different game. It's not uh, seventh in the world versus just playing with a a buddy of yours, it's 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 like a different sport. The way these guys play and how far they hit it and how much spin they can put on a golf ball. And the the biggest thing you see is they make way more putts than than everyone else. So putting if it's inside of fifteen feet, it's got a pretty good chance going in. Um, especially at home when they know they know all the breaks. Um, but it's it's uh it's totally like for me, it's a thrill just to watch and be a part of and um, get to see it firsthand and, and, and bounce questions off him. I ask him a bunch of questions, um, and he gives me thorough answers, and he, he, he's, he likes talking to me, and likes, uh, so he's not, not afraid to, to give me the, the right answer, the answer that I might not like, but he'll, he'll definitely um, tell, me, tell me what's on his mind, and he gives the... The way, like if I ask him how he hit a certain shot or why he does something in a certain way, like his diet or his exercise, um, something totally off the wall, it's all for him to make him number one in the world, make him a better golfer. Um, might not work for everyone, but it works for him. Um, and then it's just for me, like trial and error. Like I ask him how to hit a chip shot. He puts a, a bunch of spin on chips and I ask him how to do it. Yeah, I might not be able. I might not be able to do it personally, um, but at least I know now, like sort of the technique, um, and what he's thinking over those shots. Cause it's tough, and you get you get on tour, and the lies are tight. Um, you got pins are tucked, greens are really fast, and you got ten thousand people watching you. So um, there's a little pressure, but those guys, they don't, it seems like it doesn't doesn't phase them or bother them. So uh, always cool to uh, hang out with tour players. Yeah, that's really that's really neat. Um, and you're playing with him, so you're and I've played with you. You're not like a hack, so like um, tell everyone like how you grew up and where you played and your accomplishments like through college and anything after that and professional level. Yeah, so uh, I started when I was six. Uh, my uncle was the pro at uh, Lakewood, mm -hmm. and one of my mentors was Len Kinnett, who owned the pro shop and the range at the time. Um, so got competitive and into it, like really into it, probably when I was age nine. Um, I lived across the street, so before school and after school, I'd go uh, to the golf course, hit balls or putt, chip. Um, lived next door to James O, who's a big time Long Beach legend and U.S. junior amateur champion and played on tour or won on nationwide tour. Uh, so we became good friends with him, so I practiced a bunch with him. Um, we did bunker shots for hours at Lakewood. Um, and then played high school golf at Wilson in Long Beach. And I had a buddy of mine, John Merrick, who won the LA Open um, five years ago, was on my team. So I played with him for a couple years. And then got a scholarship to play at Long Beach State. Uh, played there for five years. Didn't have the best college career. Um, if I could do it over again, I'd probably do a few things different. Um, 
but had a had a great time. I mean, college golf, uh, nothing beats it. Get to travel, get to play some cool places, get to meet some new people. Um, and then did that. Um, graduated in 07 and then got a job with the Tiger Woods Foundation um, right out of college. Graduated in May and started working for them in July. Um, and then worked for them for nine years. Taught underprivileged kids golf. And then was fortunate enough, a spot opened up at Virginia um, four years ago and fortunate enough to get that. And I've been there ever since and love it. Uh, membership's been great. Um, got to play a lot of cool places that I wouldn't have been able to play before uh, where members have taken me on trips. Um, I've played, I've got to go to Pine Valley, which is considered number one in the country. Um, this past summer, I got to go to the British Open and play Royal County Down, which is considered number one in the world. Um, We've got to do the Rivieras, the LA Country Clubs, the Bannon Dunes. Um, so I've got to do some pretty pretty cool stuff, and I'm fortunate for that. Um, and I don't take that for granted. That's that's pretty neat. And that's sort of the reason why I wanted to be a golf pro, just like travel and um, not necessarily. I don't I don't want to play for a living, but um, teach golf and help others, and um, you know, just be around the game. I love the game. I've played the game my whole life. I haven't played any other sports, so. Um, it's been it's been golf's been great to me and I want to give back and um, it's been a it's been a fun ride so far. That's super cool. Um, so yeah, you didn't play any other sports like man, you look like you play football or something like that. And I'm sure not the only person to tell you yeah. that. Um, but um, so I, yeah, I played at Edison. We were rivals, but I was a little bit um, behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you guys ever win state or you guys ever do anything? Like that, or yeah. So uh, our high school team was um, pretty good, actually. We lost in my four years. We lost once. Uh, we lost to, and I won't forget it either. We lost a twelve-hole match to Polly. Uh, my either my freshman or my sophomore year. Um, Pete Tomasulo was on the team. He played on tour. He's a buddy of mine. Um, I, mean, I think we lost by like a shot or two. It was something crazy, but. They didn't want to play a nine-hole match. They wanted to play a twelve-hole match. So um, that was the, our one, lo- my one loss at Wilson. Um, we won state. Say so I have state my freshman year, I believe. Um, we won the Kanabi Cup um, in o uh, two, o three, and o four. And we didn't win in 05, but I was fortunate enough to win it as an individual in 05. Um, what else did we do? We went to state every year, never won state. Um, There's some good teams. I mean, when I played, I mean, there's probably a handful of guys that played on tour that are from Southern Cal. Southern Cal had a lot of good golfers. So, um, like, I grew up playing with Anthony Kim and Kevin Na. Um, I mean, those guys, Anthony Kim. We could we could have another podcast about that guy. That guy, uh, the golf world misses that guy. Oh yeah, 100%. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was fun to watch and uh, uh, a good dude. Hopefully, there's a return from from Anthony. But uh, Kevin Na has been a friend of mine. Um, he's won three times, mm-hmm. I think, on tour. Played a bunch of junior golf with him. Uh, he turned pro in high school, which everyone thought he was crazy, but looked like it. Was, and I mean, now you look back at it, and he he made the right decision. Yeah. Um, but yeah, high school golf was fun. I mean, got to play for, with two years with John Merrick, uh, me and him, uh, in the first group. 
Um, and a quick, quick little fun story about him. I played with him for two years and never saw him three putt once. Yeah, so we played a bunch of golf together. And if I told him that now, he'd say I'm lying, but I'm not. Um, never saw him three putt. And then uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing too because how bumpy the greens are in, in yeah. public courses. <laughs> Uh, but his putting stroke was so silky that he uh, never three-putted, which is pretty fun. But he was a cool dude. Um, Tori Edwards was also on my high school team and college team. Um, he's a good player. He's a member of Virginia now. Um, he, he's been winning everything. Um, he's gotten better as he's gotten older. Um, and then Brett Letter, who's a buddy of mine, who's also a pro at Virginia, um, played against him in high school, and then he was also – on my college team at Long Beach, so there's been a lot of good players that have that have come through the city. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, in one shape or another, they uh, they're still in the golf industry. They're still playing golf. This game, I mean, you know, you can play this game till you're 100. Uh, and I, I mean, I teach members that are that are up there in their 80s and 90s and still playing and still getting lessons, which is crazy. But uh, but yeah, it is awesome. They want, they're trying to get better. Um, we have one member who's 92 and hits balls more than some of the tour players out there. Hits balls all the time. And he's a good player. He breaks his age every time he plays. Really good player. And uh, it's fun to see. But, yeah, go- um, the golf in Long Beach, um, the amount of good players that have come out of the city, uh, we could, we, I mean, you could write a book about. I mean, you could, all, you could I mean. Someone could do a movie about it. It's right. there's been so many good players. Number one juniors in the in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, number one amateurs in the country. Patrick Cantlay is the number one amateur. Pete Tomasulo is the number one amateur. Um, James O is the number one junior. Jeff Manson number one junior in front of Phil Mickelson yeah. back in the day. Um, been a lot of good golfers mm-hmm. that have come out of this this city, and I'm I'm proud to be from Long Beach, and that's why I made that hat that you're wearing. Yeah. Um, I have my Bag has the Long Beach logo on it. My head covers have Long Beach logo on it. Um, this is this is my 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 favorite city, um, and I'm proud to be from it. So, yeah, that's that's really cool. This place is awesome, and I'm from Huntington Beach. Grew up in Huntington Beach. Went to Edison High School. Um, we won state uh, my freshman year, and then we were pretty good going through and then we kind of lost a lot of our seniors and then I could, if I could go back to high school and do that all over again I would do a lot of things different um, and then and then um, maybe would have had a better chance but um, yeah growing up in this area there's so many good junior junior golf programs junior golf um, teachers I, I kind of grew up at Metal Arc um, Tiger was there Tiger was here at Hartwell um, so we got a lot of good programs here, and then um, you became a golf pro, a teacher. Um, can you give some of the listeners maybe like one or two things to practice that you see a lot of your members struggle with, like whether tee shots or something from the middle of the fairway or putting, something like that? For sure, for sure. Um, so the biggest thing that I see, and I see it daily, and we can look at it right now, like everyone's on the driving range, and look who many people are on the putting green. There's one person on the putting green, and there's it's getting late, but there's 15 people on the driving range. Okay, half the game is is played over there on the putting green. There's one guy on the chipping green. Um, so more than half the game is within 50 yards of the green, right. and we don't spend enough time um, practicing that. My my tip for putting, and I learned this from Tiger. Um, got fortunate enough to hang out with him a few times when I worked for him. 
I would only practice like three footers and thirty footers. Um, everything in between, um, it's it's a very low percentage that you're gonna make it. Um, from three feet, I think the tour average is like ninety five percent that you're gonna make. From I know I know this for a fact. From seven feet ten inches is fifty percent. So anything outside of seven feet ten inches, why do you even practice? Yeah, um, thirty footers I practice just for uh, speed and and trying to two putt. Uh, you might make one of those a, a month maybe or every few months. but are, I mean, you, are you looking to make that? Are you looking to make that putt or are you just looking to get it in that two-foot range and then get your 99% or your 95%? Depends on who you ask. Um, I haven't made very many 30-footers in my life. Um, I'd like to say I'm trying to make it, but I'm, I mean, I'd like to just get it down in two. Yeah. Um, if you ask like a Flo Mickelson or a Tiger, they're probably trying to make it. Or, yeah, Patrick Hanley, he makes a lot of 30-footers. Jordan Spieth makes a lot of 30-footers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the three-footer, funny, I got to hang with Tiger for a day in Vegas, and he putted three-footers for two hours straight, and he never missed. And I asked him, I go, what, what was that about? Like, he didn't move for two hours. And he told me, he's like, all I need to see, if I can see the line on a three-footer, I can see a line on a 30-footer. And I just want to see the ball go in the hole. Um, and just gave him the confidence that he made 500 three-footers in a row. Um, and he's one of the best inside of three feet. Never never really misses. He missed one uh, last week, which was like a shock yeah. at Torrey Pines. But um, I'd practice three-footers and 30-footers, and then I would just chip as much as possible. Um, the guys that um, can scramble the best, um, if they, even if they don't have their best game from tee to green, um, they're going to be there at the end of the round with a chance to shoot a low score. So chipping and putting, I mean, hitting drivers and hitting your irons is fine, but again, like how many seven irons do you hit during a round? You hit right. one, yeah. um, and you're out banging 57 irons in the range. Does that do you any good? Yeah. Um, drivers, that's an important club. I think it's just as important as a, as a putter. Um, the, the, obviously, the stats now that the tour's done, that the further you hit it, the easier the game is. Um, and more likely you're going to shoot a lower score. That's why all these guys are hitting drivers in every hole and Phil's hitting bombs. Um, he's, uh, they're just trying to get as close to low because they think being 50 yards from the pin is easier than, in the, from the rough, is easier than 100 yards from the fairway. So um, hitting drivers is, is fine. I wouldn't spend the whole day hitting drivers, but I spend the majority of the time with short game. It's uh, There's a lot of short game coaches now on Instagram and out there where um, – if you can if you can hone in a good short game, you're going to be a good player. I don't care how bad you hit it. Uh, there's a couple bad ball strikers on tour. I'm not going to name names, but there's, they've made a lot of money um, hitting bad tee shots and bad irons. But their short game is sick, and uh, they've made they're still out there. Yeah, Phil hit Phil hits it all over the map. But no, he he's pretty good. Um, he's he he. I've been fortunate enough. To, I got to play with him a couple years ago, and uh, he is in my top five all time players. That I've ever played this game. This guy's won 47 times in the era where Tiger Woods played. Um, so I mean, that's that's fun. I mean, that's a lot of wins. Um, and then you talk about Tiger, who's had 80, 82, chasing 83. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he might get to 90. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, short game and drivers, mm -hmm. hitting irons, all that stuff. It might be, if you're working on your golf swing fine but um three footers 30 footers and chipping
I'm glad I'm glad to hear you say that because that's what I I practice like in the morning like there's uh there's two holes at El Dorado that had like there's a light that shines on them that when you enter the the restaurant there's a light and it kind of uh, casts like light on the putting green so I'm hitting three footers four footers right there for till I can start seeing and then I'll I'll just hit lag putts yeah. lag putts lag putts just to um, just try to get feel for uh, different distances and then. There's sometimes where you set up to a, a a 40 foot putt and you can see the line and you're like, I can make this right now. Yeah. And then a lot of times it's just like you know, maybe I didn't hit the best drive and then I get it onto the green from wherever I was and I'm 40 feet. Let's just take par and let's just get onto the next hole. Let's just not even worry about it and then we'll attack the next hole. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good good point. Uh, one thing I will say is if um, if you went and I keep referring to tour players just because. Um, they do it the best, so it's good to learn off them. Right. Um, but if you were to go to a tour event, even on a Tuesday or Wednesday when they're practicing or even before their round, like every guy is putting with something on the ground. So a mirror, uh, chalk line, um, something's on the ground um, to make sure that they're set up the same way every single time. Um, mirrors are huge. I, I mean, if you're listening to this and you don't own a mirror and you're trying to play good golf, uh, go on Amazon is twenty bucks by Eyeline. Right. Um, it's the best twenty dollar gadget you can get. Right. Um, I always like if I'm if I'm practicing for a tournament, I'm always putting with a with a mirror, um, just so I know my eyes are in the same spot every single time. Um, and then chipping, um, I like to do drills where you play like eighteen holes when you chip. So you take 18 balls, you drop them, you don't place them, you drop them around the green, and then you hit the one chip, with your, and then you go up to the green with your putter and try to get it up and down, and see if par's a two, um, three's a bogey, and one's obviously a birdie, and see if you can shoot under par. Um, the day you can shoot under par, just throwing balls around the green and getting them up and down, you're gonna be, I mean, that's pretty good. So uh, that's a good drill to try. Um, and then the second part on chipping is, I wouldn't, I mean, don't do it around Long Beach courses because I don't want you to ruin the course, but um, practice chipping off a putting green. Um, that's how you can learn how to use the bounce of the wedge. So it happens, it happened this week too at the Phoenix tournament um, where a guy will have to chip from the putting green. Right. They'll have to like chip over a fringe or at Riviera, they chip over the bunker on number six. Um, if you watch those guys, they never take a divot. Um, but the ball comes off high with spin. Because um, they use the the wedge properly, how it's designed to use the bounce. So um, if you can if you can find the tightest lies possible and practice off those, and you can get good off of that, then you can chip off of anything. Um, and that's how you're going to get a, a dial in your short game and, and lower your scores. And that's why and that's why you see sometimes where they'll like like Phil hits a ball into a grandstand and he's on carpet and he's like I don't want to drop it somewhere in the rough like I'd rather just take it off the carpet I know how to hit this shot I know how I'm gonna get some spin I know how it's gonna react like he's not worried about like oh I'm on like not on a on grass or whatever he just like knows like hey I can get solid contact I can uh, put some spin on the ball and let it stop on these greens that are running 12 13 you know Um, and then another thing that's happened recently and from being Southern California guys um Kobe Bryant just passed away um, a few days ago and um, wondered if you had any stories or are you a Lakers fan? Like, I grew up, like, loving Kobe Bryant, but I was a Dallas Mavericks fan. Like, I was, like, a Steve Nash, uh, Dirk, um, Sean Bradley, um, 
Jason Terry, all those yeah. guys. Like those are that's my that was my team. And then when they finally won a championship, it was like finally after the Lakers won like a hundred of them. Um, <laughs> but um, do you have any stories of Kobe? Are you a Lakers fan or? So I'm not biased. I, I like both the Clippers and the Lakers. Um, I probably watch more Laker games than Clippers, but uh, I wish I had a Kobe story. That'd be that'd be neat. Um, but I do remember. I mean, I've I've got to see him play a few times live, and I definitely watched him a bunch on TV. Um, super sad at what happened. Um, I was given a lesson when it when it when I heard the news. Uh, one of the members was was screaming to. The, another member that that he had passed away and I didn't believe it so I got on my phone real quick which was really unprofessional but um some, with something like that someone says that um and then when it when it came out and it was true it's just you know sad for him but it's also I mean a lot of press is being put on him and his, his daughter but I mean there's also seven other people that died on that helicopter so um sad for everyone sad for all the families that guy that guy was a was a legend yeah I mean, um, and the amount of uh, support that his family and everyone has gotten over the last few days is, like, tremendous. It's crazy. The the Staples Center right now, the amount of flowers and the jerseys and the um, people that have gone out there and, and shown their support. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what, what happens um, with the Lakers this season now. They might have a little more motivation um, to win a championship for them. Um, but the Clippers also look good, too. They got, I mean, both those teams are uh, – are looking pretty strong these these days. Um, yeah, I wish I had a Kobe story. I knew I knew he was an Orange County guy, and I knew it was pretty friendly when people come up to him and talk to him. Yeah, yeah. He'd take pictures, um, and I'm sure he's done that that uh, helicopter ride thousands of times. Yeah. So I know he took a helicopter to practice and to, to the Staples Center every day for the games. Um, just it was it was foggy. I mean, I remember I was teaching golf and it was foggy, um, and it just I mean. Can say it now, but he shouldn't have. I mean, shouldn't, they shouldn't have been up there. Um, sad, sad for the city. Sad for basketball. Sad for the world. I mean, he's a he is an icon. Yeah. I mean, he was the next Jordan. Right. Um, and it's pretty cool to see now, like like the Dallas Mavericks, the team he like has uh, retired his number. Mm-hmm. Didn't even play for him. Yeah. Um, retired number twenty four, which I think more teams are going to do um, in his honor. And uh, I think they should retire both numbers, eight and twenty four. Um, but yeah, what what a sad tragedy, and uh, you know, it makes it makes you think like you know, life's short, so enjoy it, play a lot of golf, um, tell your friends you love them, and you and um, t- talk to your family more often, and uh, you know, you you never know. So, um, sad, sad. I, I have a pair of his shoes that my brother gave me for Christmas that he gave it to me. They're they're. Uh, purple and yellow. I'm like, what am I gonna do with these? I'm not gonna wear this. Yeah. Um, but now I, I uh, I'm gonna keep them forever. I mean, they got his no, they got his number on them, and uh, um, yeah, glad I have something that has his uh, his memory. So yeah, I caddied at Pelican Hill for a few years, and I met him once. Um, like I, we weren't allowed to have our phones up there, so I don't have a picture or anything. But he was a super cool guy, like super friendly. Um, well, I didn't get a caddy for him or anything, but just talked to him for, you know. Yeah, I don't two, think he played golf. But, he, yeah, he, he was there <laughs> right for – Yeah, yeah he, his house was right up there by, by Pelican <laughs> and saw him there and talked to him for a couple minutes, and that was kind of it. And was like, that guy that guy saw it. Like, that guy yeah. wasn't like, a, oh, get away from me. Like, nah, you know who I am. I'm Kobe. Like, mm-hmm. he was just a super, super cool dude, especially around 
around these parts. Um, and yeah, it's very sad. I just hope everyone that if they listen to this, like in the future or whatever, and they hear and they remember Kobe, just remember your friends and your family too. Like go, go out of your way to say, to say, Hey, to someone you haven't talked to in a while, or just, you know, maybe you have to apologize or just remind your wife and your kids that you love them, you know, just don't go a day without saying that stuff. Cause you never know um, how long you have. 100%. So then, on a on a on a different note, now let's get in. Um, you have some sweet, non-pure head covers that I saw today. Um, talk about um, what head covers you have and little collection you got going on with this company. Yeah, so I found this company um, called Swag Golf uh, probably six months ago. Um, got a head cover that looked like the head cover looked pretty cool. I got, the first one I got was a. Uh, uh, like a Abraham Lincoln putter cover had like a dollar bill on it, five dollar bill. Um, it was bright green. It looked like it was it was uh, made well. Um, looked high quality, so I got one and I got it, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then they started coming out with uh, some different ones, and I got a couple more. And then over the holidays, sort of. Um, I got hooked on them, so I got, I got quite the collection. I'm actually gonna, I got a putter rack, a putter cover rack, um, coming to put on the wall so I can put them all up. Nice. Um, but yeah, they make some cool stuff. They got make some putters. It's a putter company that makes putters and putter covers. Um, Swag golf. You can check them out on Instagram. Um, some pretty cool stuff that no one else is doing. Um, as far as like the materials on putter covers, yeah. um, the quality, the thread count is like off the charts. Yeah. Um, you saw mine today. It's it's heavy. It's yeah. it's uh, it's great quality. And the designs, whoever's doing their their designing is knows what they're doing because there there's some pretty cool, pretty cool designs. And, and the the value on these things are are, are going up. So each putter is, uh, covers like hundred bucks, but there, I've seen putter covers sell for seven hundred, eight hundred bucks. Um, they're not Scotty Cameron Circle T putter covers, but um they could be like that one day because it's getting popular and uh yeah we'll see i mean i think they have 200 models right now different covers i think i got 60 of them uh my fiance is not too happy about it but uh yeah it's it's one of my things um that i've done um since i've got to go to these cool golf courses is every every top golf course that i've got to play i've bought a putter cover from them in the pro shop so my goal is when I get my little man cave golf room um, to hang them out on the walls. Um, I'm trying to get, I mean, one day hopefully I can, get, I can play all top 100. Um, That'd be really cool. Be, it'd be almost impossible, but, it, yeah, it'd be, it'd be really cool. Um, it'd, t- it'd take a lifetime to do. I know some people have done it. Um, but, yeah, it'd be really cool. And it's sort of, because I, I see the rankings come out um, every year, and you see them like, oh, I've, you know, I've, got, I've probably played – 10 of the top 100 which i've been fortunate enough to do um and some are better than the others but they're ranked differently in in the in the ranking so uh just you know everyone's got their own style and flavor um, i'm a big alistair mckenzie okay. um guy gotta play a few of his places my my number one dream um bucket list is play augusta yeah. um i've been there i got to go to the masters a couple years ago and that it's like Disneyland for for adults. Yeah. 
It's uh, not one thing is, is, is left unturned. They do everything right. There's nothing bad to say about the place. Yeah. Um, you walk in, there's sort of an aura about it. Right. Um, I got to go in 18, and my uncle, who, being a PGA pro, you get to go there for free uh, every year, and he gave me a little quick story where he told me when I got there at 7 in the morning when the gates opened to go walk the back nine by myself and just take it in. And then he said, call me when you get to the 16th tee. And I was like, call you? Like, you can't bring your phone. And he goes, just call me when you get to the 16th tee. And I'm like, okay. Um, so fun little story is that there's phones around Augusta that you can call anywhere in the world for free. Whoa. Yeah. So, and you won't ever see it on TV. They're all hidden. Um, but yeah, you can call, you can call China, you can call wherever for free on these phones. And so I called him and he's like, what do you think? I'm like, this is unbelievable. Um, and then, uh, the thing you, you won't notice, yeah, I mean, on TV, you can, if you're, a, if you're a golfer, you might, you can tell a little bit, but the undulation yeah. of that place, like number 10, you could literally, if it was snowing, you could ski down it. It's so steep. Wow. And 18 is straight up the hill. Yeah. It's probably an extra two clubs. Uh, it's, it's really steep. Um, greens are, greens are fast and the place is green. Um, you won't see one brown piece of grass out there. And if you do, um, it'll be, t it'll be removed quickly. Um, all, yeah, yeah. All the trash, like all the, every, all the food uh, items is, are in green bags. So if someone were to drop something, you wouldn't be able to see it on TV. Sort of blends in with the grass. They they do, and and the, all the food is super cheap. So, sandwiches like two bucks, a beer's two bucks, a soda's like seventy five cents. Um, that's what I, that's what I saw, like the and cheese, like dollar fifty. Yeah. Like that. So the foods the food's cheap. It's just the tickets expensive. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they they get you in there, and then they pretty much give you the food. Um, but yeah, it's an awesome place. I remember uh, if you can get in like the lottery. I know they do a lottery every year. If you I mean if you haven't gone to Augusta yet. For the Masters, that's like the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, I recommend it. It's it's it was a blast. I hope to go again. Um, but the place is like the way Alistair McKenzie thought of that place um, and designed that, and ne I guess never saw it when it was finished. Right. Um, it's pretty special. Then the other favorite Alistair McKenzie course is Pasa Tempo, which is in Santa Cruz, mm -hmm. which they call like the Mini Augusta. Um, and that's public. You can play there. I think it's like 150 bucks. Yeah. Um, but that's another treat. I mean, I've gone up there the last few years um, for U.S. Open qualifying, and I played there in college. We had a college event there, the Western Intercollegiate. Um, that's one of my favorites. That's in my top five of uh, favorite courses I've played. So, yeah, Alistair McKenzie, he, he got it right. And I wish, I mean, other architects would sort of follow suit. And I mean saw what he saw because he he uh he definitely knew what he was doing and um but, there, but there's some but the, like core crenshaw they, they get it yeah um who's uh the dude that did the olympic course um what's his name he did read it la country club too they'll come to me no but uh yeah i mean golf golf course architect sort of uh, there's there's a few guys out there I like, but like the Pete Dye, he just passed away. Um, his places were hard. I yeah. mean, it made him look hard, um, just intimidating. Um, I, well, I'm not a fan of of his architect, but a fan of him. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he we lost him uh, about a month ago, I think. 
Um, Gil Hans is the name. Gil Hans. Yeah, Gil Hans did the, the course in Rio. Did the redo, uh, L.A. Uh, he Gil Hans knows what he's doing too. I uh, love love some Gil Hans uh, architect. Um, but yeah, it's uh, any Alistair McKenzie that can play. Yeah, I'd like to try. I did Valley Club, which is another one, another gem up in Santa Barbara. Um, he uh, he just he just got it, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, as uh, we're gonna wrap this up pretty soon, the Hartwell's closing down. Um, so to to finish this off, um, give us one of your favorite places to eat in Long Beach. If anyone comes down here, um, what your favorite course that you've played? Um, that's a PGA Tour course, and then uh, what's in the bag currently? I know you got a lot of like <laughs> a lot of stuff sitting around uh, at your house, but what's in the bag currently? Uh, what's in the bag? We could we could talk for hours. Um, best place to eat in Long Beach is uh, I'm gonna say Riley's on Second Street. Um, cool little uh, sports bar on Second Street. Check it out, and also check out the 908, which is at the Hangar and LBX. Um, new restaurant. Really great food. Um, as far as favorite course that I've played that the tour plays, um, Riviera is my favorite course of all time. Um, can't beat that place. The the history about the place, the course design, the grass, uh, everything about it. That place is I get I'm, I've probably played it ten times, and every time I get goosebumps playing it. The first tee shot is one of my favorite shots in golf, and the second shot in eighteen into the amphitheater. Um, is one of the coolest shots you'll ever see with the clubhouse up there. Uh, what's in the bag? Um, <laughs> hopefully, it's, hopefully you have a few minutes. Um, I got the new TaylorMade Sim driver. Um, really good. It's sort of like the old uh, slider driver. Launches high with low spin. I got the new Callaway Maverick 3-wood. Just got that. It's pretty good. But that might change uh, when the Sim uh, Fairywoods come out next week. V-Soul stuff. Yeah, the V-Soul. They're bringing back the V-Soul. You know, talking about golf equipment, like, the drivers nowadays, like, how, I mean, it's gotten to a point, like, what what can we do next? Like, right. how how can we make it faster? Like, it's gotten to a point, like, okay, now we're going back to the V-Steel. Like, mm-hmm. that came out in 07. Yeah. Maybe even earlier. So we're going back to old stuff, which I get. Um, but the driver, I don't think you can make it go any further than it's going. So um, that's my fairy wood, my, the Maverick. Um, I use a TaylorMade UDI 1-iron, which I just got pretty good. But I have the 1, the 2, and the 3 in that. But right now the 1's just in the bag. Uh, my irons are... Taylor made P790s, but that's changing this week. Uh, I got some P750s coming. Uh, my wedges are Taylor made too. Now, I'm not on staff with Taylor made. I just like their stuff. I'm not on staff with anyone because I change so much. Um, next week I could have Strix on irons in my bag, which I which I like. Um, and then putter changes uh, literally uh, weekly. I got a dozen of them in my trunk. Um, yeah, I've sold a couple today uh, online, and I'm going to buy a couple more. Um, I'm a tinker. I love tinkering with golf clubs. I've done it my whole life. Um, I build clubs. I tinker when I grind them, drill holes, weight them, cut them. I mean, I, I, do, I can do anything with a club, so I'm always trying to see if I can make something better. 
Uh, I love doing it. It's one of my my hobbies and passions. Um, and I do it a lot for members, where they get regrips and and lie angle stuff and club fitting. Um, I do all that, and now I get paid for it to do it. So that's uh, fun. But yeah. Um, my what's in the bag next time we do this will definitely every 14 clubs will be different um that's a, that's a fact um that that will definitely change um i had a quick quick story um about a year ago uh a guy in the shop and myself were talking he asked me how many sets of golf clubs i've owned in my life so i started writing them down and i've owned over 100 sets of irons and when i was in junior golf and high school golf and college golf Every set I had, I'd go put dynamic old X100s in. So it cost me like 100 bucks every time because I do it myself. So I just buy the shafts and the grips. But every set had a set of X100s in them. And I would go flip them Roger Dunn if I didn't like them or didn't hit them well. I'd go to Roger Dunn and trade them in. Um, but 100 sets, and he, la he laughed because he'd only owned like seven sets in his life. Um, but yeah, I've owned, and that was last year. That that number is probably up to like one fifteen now. I've had a few, I got I think I own, I think I have six sets right now in my rotation. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it's never gonna end. I love it. Uh, always seeing the latest and greatest stuff. Um, it's fun for me. People always ask me how to get used to it. Well, I mean, if you keep changing, it's, it's I, I I know after a few swings if it's gonna be any good or not. Right. So. Um, if it's good, it stays in the bag for a few days. Um, and if it's not, then it's, it's on either on eBay or Roger Dunn, or I gave it to a kid. Um, and then it's been, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, my fiance doesn't like because a new box shows up every day to the house. Um, but it's never going to stop. Um, it's, it's my, it's my drug. If you want to say it's my, it's, it's, I love doing it. So, um, Yeah. That's uh, next time, guaranteed 14 new to different clubs. Well, I hope we can do this again um, pretty soon. Um, tell everyone again how they can get a hold of you on social media and where they can buy some sweet stuff. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at hashtag Bedell, B-A-D-E-L. You can also find the Pure Gear at pure.byNB. Uh, um, you can hit us up on uh Internet, purebynb.com, and then you can check us out on Facebook, like our page, and uh, send me a message. Uh, to let me know you listen to this, and I'll send you something. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nick. Um, and that will conclude this, and we are out.